Hi all, and welcome to episode 28 of our professional perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me, Therese. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they're doing in their communities. We recently launched our professional perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate their social justice movements. Therese Rowley, PhD, CEO of Accelerated Alignment, is a speaker, author, skilled intuitive, and trusted business advisor. She partners with leaders through complex challenges, personal and organizational strategy, and transformation, using innovative approaches and intuitive intelligence to support organizational mindset change and conscious culture building. In addition, Dr. Rowley provides intuitive readings that align leaders from their personal purpose to their business mission. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. Therese, we're super thrilled to have you with us today. Are you ready to begin and dive into more, uh, into some more intuition? I'm excited, Alicia. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course. Let's get started talking about your diverse education, um, from a focus on nonprofit with a master's in public administration to a focus in business and your MBA and PhD. What did you learn about those diverse parts of the marketplace and how did that influence your ideas about social justice, community action, and what you're doing right now? Well, thank you for asking, uh, because it is an exciting thing to think about when you're just embarking on your educational journey and how it relates to what's important to you in life. And when I was uh, in college, I was focused a lot on volunteering. I was, uh, I became a public relation director for a volunteer line project at the University of Illinois. And I was so excited about the impact that could be made when you just bring excitement and um, communication and uh, advertise it in a fun way. Uh, so we, we ended up having great results when we did a lot of events and I was really interested in that area. So I ended up getting um, a master's in public administration, but I was focused on marketing for nonprofit because I wanted all the different uh, nonprofits to know how to do public relations and communication and to really help others share their ideas. And so did that and I did a little bit of work in nonprofit, but I found at that time that um, nonprofit was really focused on the client or the population they were trying to help, but they weren't very focused on balancing their finances because as a nonprofit, they were so reliant on people giving money, they had to kind of keep spending all their time asking for money. And uh, a lot of times they didn't know a lot about that. So I decided, well, I would like to balance that picture a little bit. So I went into banking after that just to really understand money and the, how it works. And then I decided to get an MBA to learn about business and how all of those little uh, variables that create balance in business, um, how does that work? And so then I found out about business, but then I realized business wasn't as focused on uh, social impact. And it wasn't at the time, and as is interested in that. It was really interested in its own stakeholders or shareholders. So, so then, um, in, and, and I'm also interested in how all of this blends together. Like how can we have social impact with accountability on the financial side, 
or how can we have business with more social awareness? And so I kind of put that all together and that's kind of where my educational journey took me. And more recently I'd been working with the YWCA in Chicago to, to make, um, to create a new model that blends, uh, just moves the nonprofit into a social enterprise by creating partnerships with business where there's a value exchange instead of like the business saying, okay, well, if you do this and you do this well, and I like it, I'll give you money. It's more like the biz of uh, the nonprofit. Like if, for example, when the YWCA was doing a job with uh, uh, Uber uh, when and the car company, uh, it wanted at the time, and this is uh, several years ago, wanted to have uh, a million women in cars by 2020. And so then the YWCA would see that as a business opportunity, a partnership opportunity, and say, well, we have this wonderful membership of 200,000 women, and we can help you meet your goal. So you can pay us to talk to our consumer group, to talk about becoming drivers for Uber, and we can get, maybe we, they agreed to in six months to get 5,000 women in cars. And then they also became the go-between for the insurance company make sure that the women had insurance and when they were getting in the Uber cars. So the YWCA was being paid to help its members to forward what they needed, which was economic development and flexible work hours because women had some children they had to look after. And Uber was getting its goal met. And they put 15,000 women in cars in three months instead of 5,000 women in cars in six months. And then Uber said, wow, what a great business partner and started to do more work with the why. So that's how social enterprise can work is as one example. And where I'm so excited about how the business sector and the nonprofit sector are really combining into one, into one kind of sector. Yeah, that that's awesome. And actually um, so true to even, you know, college students right now, undergrads who are going through their business degree or perhaps working in the nonprofit social justice or even public policy space. Um, and I can kind of speak for personal experience on this as well. I, in the end of high school, um, just finished launching my nonprofit that donated suitcases to foster children um, around California. And I was around 17, 18 years old. And I really wanted to convert it into a for-profit because I realized really soon that when I was pitching it to investors, even to mentors, um, there was a key focus on financials in the nonprofit um, industry and that it wouldn't be sustainable if I kept it as a nonprofit model, which should not always be the case, but was a stigma that a lot of people had when I was talking to the mentors um, in my area. And so in this process of trying to convert it into a for-profit, it was finding the balance between, um, you know, still making revenue as a company um, and and also still keeping the mission of social impact. And I think our community doing, is doing such a good job of moving towards the steps, whether it's like our ESG sectors or even companies with social good missions. Um, one of the first companies that I had researched that had this social good mission was Lemonade, um, an insurance company essentially at, serving as a B Corp. And I think those types of business models are becoming more and more popular as consumer clients start wanting, you know, to see that good, see the sustainable and ethical practices behind every corporation. So hopefully those two become merged and nonprofits and business sectors along with social impact can all work 
hand in hand together. Um, but I think that brings us to our next question, which is um, what experiences have you had regarding you know, community and social justice that were most meaningful to you and why were they meaningful? Well, there's, there's so many. I started a conscious business network in Chicago in 2007 to bring all these models together, to have people who were already doing the blending of nonprofit and profit, the social impact with the, you know, doing good and making money. And I call that currency exchange because it's a, it's a vibration of good, you know, what I want and what you give are really the same on both sides. And so we're exchanging currency um, and, and really understanding finance in a different way uh, than we've understood it before. Uh, and I think, by the way, that blockchain is really an interesting way to think about this because before we just said, okay, just give me the money. I don't care where it came from. I just need it for this. And now blockchain allows us to understand the relationship of every transaction that's happened before we get that money in our hands. And money is energy. And, and the more that you put in your, your uh, heartfelt energy into something, the higher the currency, the value of it. And so when you exchange it over and over and over, and then you get, uh, you receive some money that has been in a heartfelt chain of events, you, you, you are richer for it. So you, we want to start thinking, I believe, about money from the standpoint of currency and the quality that we're, uh, the quality that we're giving it, with which we're giving it and a quality with which we're getting it, which creates that richness. And so on, from that same perspective, uh, and when I was with the Y, we decided to change the vision of that organization uh, and at the time it was to make the marketplace ready for women and make women ready for the marketplace, which is not something you would think you would put in a vision statement for a nonprofit company. But because we did that, there was this idea that uh, when the, we looked at the uh, different financial tools, one of them was on the NASDAQ there was a company called uh, a nonprofit called Impact Shares that was put together by the Rockefeller Foundation or funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. And it was asking the YWCA to put a woman fund on the NASDAQ, which means there were like 200 companies that had uh, 19 criteria of how well they did on the gender lens in uh, companies and how well women were treated on these 19 criteria. And if they did well, they got into this portfolio. So you could vote with your values. In other words, you could invest your money into a fund that if that was your value, you could, you know, you believe in that you, you currency, then that's your currency is in alignment with your heart, right? That's what you value. That's where you might put your money where your heart is. And so uh, they created the uh, woman fund on the NASDAQ. And it was the first time in history that, uh, uh, nonprofits had had access to the capital markets. And that's because right now the, now the capital markets are starting to get that and they're starting to put more and more of these instruments on there because we need to understand that social impact is, is part of our gross national product. We have to include care as many companies, as many countries are doing now. We have to think about how we care for the society when we look at our economics. And so we're trying to blend these ideas all the way there. And so this fund has done the best in its category. It's several years old now, and it's done uh, very, very well in its category. Um, and so I, I'm very uh, humbled and grateful to have been part, uh, even a small part of just recognizing that because we had that statement about the marketplace and the vision of the nonprofit, not now looking at the NASDAQ would make sense. 
if that word wasn't in the vision statement, there'd be no reason to look at a NASDAQ when you're a nonprofit because they're kind of, they're supposed to be opposite. But now we're finding that we're trying to blend them to become one. So we're moving in society. Yeah, that's, that's super powerful, especially since when more and more people realize that those, like, let's call them impact metrics are so intertwined with what we're doing on a daily basis with businesses. Um, I think that progress can be made and hopefully funds like that start duplicating um, and we can, you know, intertwine all of the social impact policy that we've been working towards for years into actual business practices that are regulated um, and established and worked upon. Um, but obviously, you know, with all of your experience, you also call yourself a skilled intuitive. So I'm curious as to, you know, what that actually means in relation to the work that you've been doing with these funds and more, and how does it work with businesses and youth in particular? Well, thank you for asking about that, because I think uh, I have a philosophy that uh, intuitive intelligence is as important as social and emotional intelligence is. And we now know that emotional intelligence is the most important factor in success and leadership in business. So what's important to understand is that when we improve our intuitive capacities, we have access to our wisdom and the wisdom that we access in that connection is greater than any logic or any rational research studies we could pull together because it takes into consideration things that are not known by facts in the past. So that's why I believe that intuition is the most important skill for any of us to have in life is to be able to access our own wisdom. And I, uh, if you practice it, it's, a develop, it's, it's an intelligence that can be developed like any other intelligence. If you're good at math, you still have to practice. You know, If you're good at piano, you still have to practice. You could be Mozart, but you still have to practice. And so every single day, I think getting in touch with that intuition at the connection with your own wisdom is the most important way to direct your life. So I work with uh, CEOs and companies and executives to look at what's their inner purpose based in the heartfelt connection. And then how does that get expressed outside themselves in a way that we call work? And is it, is it aligned and is it congruent? And if it isn't, let's look at why. And so um, a lot of this work is based on how do we, what we want is sometimes block and it's blocked by our own fear that we don't know we have. And so intuition helps us to get behind the resistances we have or the blocks that we have or the challenges that we come up with and look inside ourselves to see where's the fear-based belief we might be organizing around that is really attracting that kind of challenge. So we get to learn from it and we get to gather wisdom and then we get to let go and go farther in what we truly want in our passion. So when you work with company, when I work with companies, I happen to be having done this for a lifetime. Um, my, uh, I teach other people, I have courses on how to read energy and how to uh, look at a field, an energy field, and be as precise as possible about what you see there and how you perceive it and how you work as a person or instrument, how your body is an instrument for reading that energy and how to get grounded in that. So it, it makes coherent sense. It's not just a oh, fly by night, like, oh, I got a hit or, oh, I think it's a this or that. It's like, well, let's stay with it and find out what it's trying to tell us. So I've worked with um, business leaders to help them understand people who are the best fit for the top jobs or um, help them understand how their inner work goes with their outer work 
or I'm also, um, I have a PhD in business. So I look at the strategies of the company. And I also use my intuition to look into that and see what the best fit is based on the intuitive perspective, which is very holographic, which looks at the whole thing at once. And we can also look at relationships. If you're going to do a partnership, whether that's a partnership with a business or a partnership with a, a, a VC or a, a venture capitalist or something else, there's, there's um, things that you should know about that relationship that may or may not uh, get in the way, quote unquote, or help you grow through the challenges and what those are. That's where how I apply that intuitive intelligence in business. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. And I actually had a, a small touch of this when I was working for a strategy firm and our whole purpose was essentially to take on CEOs and help them um, kind of intuitively see the whole picture of their company without the lens of just, you know, the financials or the revenue and really take into account how they're impacting the society, how they're impacting their channel partners um, and how they can incorporate more of that social impact into their overall mission. And we worked primarily with health tech, which was, you know, um, a hot topic at the peak of the pan pandemic there, but uh, I think really could be applied to any industry or vertical when it comes to that intuition that you were talking about. Um, and as a marketing major, I think it was really interesting to see uh, what you said about partners, because that relationship building is pretty much the core of getting any product or service out there and in the initial stages and steps, whether it's, you know, partnering with mentors um, or even VC people or building your team. Um, it's really about that whole picture and using skilled intuition. So I think that's some really amazing insight. Um, the only last thing I would have to ask you today, Therese, is that you know, I'm still young on my journey and always looking to see what people like, like you have done and are doing for our communities in a business and social impact sense. So what would you say to young people about your worldview and how they can engage and make the world a better place? Well, I think that it's really important to understand that every person has a very unique uh, energy field, a passion, and also it's never been before and never will be again who you are and the way that you put it together. A hundred people can do the same thing, but it's a different quality of experience from each of those people. So never be discouraged about what you think inside of you or what you feel is most important to you and to find a way to express it. And as you say, partnerships are, are wonderful. There's, I think there's three, three things to think about, you, your uniqueness and how is it that you can express every day one thing that occurs to you that you perceive, even if everyone else perceives the same thing, what can you do about it to follow it, to say yes to it, to when, when something inside you um, moves you in a way, say yes to it and take action because that's going to reinforce it and get it stronger in you. And then look at what kind of partnerships, friendships, connections, not that benefit you like, oh, well, they're, they're pretty rich and they'll get me somewhere, but where does my heart call me in that relationship? Is there something about it that I feel like there's some insight? Because there's always a third way to get somewhere. We think that there's duality, oh, this way or this way. And it looks like the only two ways. But when you get in partnership with someone at a heartfelt level, you find there's always a third way that you hadn't thought of that you can come up with either with your own intuition or in that partnership. 
And then there's this idea of unity, which is the third level of system. And that's social impact. That's understanding we're all one, a global village. And we all have, when we do one small thing in this energetic field, it affects people on the other side of the world in ways we will never know. So we have to trust that everything that we do matters. And we create the matter by knowing that, connecting to it, and trusting ourselves in it. And don't let anybody else, particularly people who are um, you know, in certain power positions, uh, diminish your spirit or, or tell you that you're not the brilliant spirit that you are in this in this human costume, just finding a unique way to to express your love in the world. Just trust yourself and trust your wisdom and and don't let anyone around you discourage you from that. And and that would be my my worldview and my advice on that. Thank you so much, Therese. That's some amazing advice for everyone out there. And you can find more about Therese and skill and intuition on her website, www.thereserally.com. That's all we have for today, but be sure to look out for more episodes on our professional perspectives on what cause inspires you. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.